Welcome to Pathway Church Online. We're so glad that you're with us today on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you take a moment to subscribe or follow us. I don't know about you, but I'm at a point now where I'm done with all this. Yes, I'm concerned about those who have been directly affected by the virus. Just this week, I heard of several cases that are close to home. My daughter who lives in Atlanta called me and told me about a middle school PE coach who had come down with the coronavirus and he passed away this week. Uh, Kids at home, a wife, and my heart goes out to this family. I heard just today from one of our own here at Pathway Church about a a son and a father. Um, They're connected to the family that attend our church. This son and father, 25-year-old and 55-year-old, both have tested positive for coronavirus. And then I was told by my daughter who attends San Diego State University uh, that her project partner that she's been working with this semester, um, her father is in the hospital with coronavirus. All of these are people close to my age or maybe your age. And so, yeah, I'm concerned. And my heart goes out to these families that have been affected by this virus. And I'm concerned about keeping my family safe and and healthy. I'm concerned for all of you that are a part of our Pathway Church family to to, um, see you stay healthy and, and safe. But here we are two weeks into this, and I'm done with all the fear talk. I mean, I know that there are people who are incredibly fearful, afraid, and and I pray that that you will experience the peace and the presence of God instead of fear and worry, like we talked about last week. But, But so many people are so focused, only focused, on wanting Jesus to be with us, and we're not asking the question, what is Jesus doing through this crisis? I mean, that's the question I've been asking this week. Jesus, what what are you doing through this? Jesus, what are you wanting to do in me through this crisis? And I think I have an answer, and that's what I want to share with you today. A few days ago, my wife sent me this from Facebook. It says, and just like that, all pastors are televangelists. Now, that's pretty funny, I I thought, and, and yet it's true because all churches have been forced to make a change in how they do things. We're very fortunate here at Pathway Church, due to the diligence of our tech team and tech director, Pathway Church had already moved into broadcasting our messages on YouTube, so we were already somewhat prepared for this change. But not all churches have been that fortunate. They are not ready for what they would face when they couldn't meet together. And so now... A lot of churches are playing catch-up. All churches are doing things differently because they have to. (laughs) Isn't that why we change? Because we're forced to? I mean, this made me think of another time in the history of the church when the church was forced to change, when the church was forced to do things differently. We know the commission that Jesus gave his disciples. Jesus said, go and make followers of all people in the world. And then later, in the book of Acts, Jesus commanded them, 
do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Jesus told them, John baptized you with water, and in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is speaking of something that they had never experienced before up to this time. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, Jesus' plan was for his followers to reach the people with the message in Jerusalem, into Judea, into Samaria, and to the ends of the world. And for his disciples, Jerusalem and Judea, okay, that's all right, they're Jewish. But going into Samaria and then to the ends of the world, hey, they're Gentiles. We've never reached out to non-Jews. That's different than what we're doing now. Jesus is giving a very clear picture that the mission of the church is beyond its walls. The sphere of Jesus' plan was beyond Jerusalem to the world because every person needs to hear the message of Jesus. So the mission that Jesus gives demands that we cross barriers of all kinds, race, culture, language, ethnicity. We cross all of these barriers to share the message of Jesus with people who have never heard. That's why the power of the Holy Spirit is needed. Jesus told us that the power of the Holy Spirit is essential because the mission of the church is so much bigger than we realize. So after being given such a huge, big mission, what do the disciples do? Well, the church is formed. The Holy Spirit empowers the, the, the followers of Jesus. People are coming to faith in Christ. And Acts chapter 2, we're told, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being Saved. The message of Jesus is, is being shared. The church is growing daily. And then... We see a problem. It's in this little seemingly insignificant verse in Acts chapter 6. Take a look. It says, the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. Did you catch that? See, I think the writer Luke is giving us a clue. He's giving us a heads up about what's taking place. I mean, everything is going well in Jerusalem the word of God is being taught in Jerusalem. The church is growing in Jerusalem. People's needs are being met in Jerusalem. And this is how the church should work, right? This is how the church should function, right? Wrong. This isn't anything of what Jesus had in mind when he said in Acts chapter 1, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Sure, it was happening in Jerusalem but not anywhere else. I mean, up until now, all of the ministry that had taken place was in one place. No one had moved out to any other areas like Judea and Samaria. Why? Well, I think pastor and author John Piper puts it well. He says, comfort, ease, affluence, prosperity, safety, and freedom often cause tremendous inertia in the church. Inertia. That's no movement. 
It sets in and we become comfortable. Things are working well right now. So why change anything? This happens in all kinds of churches, just like it did in the early church. They start off with this huge vision of reaching people with the message of Jesus, and they launch into outreach, and they reach out, and they invite people, and soon the church grows into this thriving ministry, but subtly, the focus stops being outward, and it shifts inward. Instead of being concerned of reaching people with the message of Jesus, everything becomes centered around those who are already there. But see, in the last part of Acts chapter 6, some different things start happening. And I'm convinced that, that this begins a new push of God in the church to push the followers of Jesus out from Jerusalem to change what they were doing, to force them to start doing things differently. One of the followers, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. And some people didn't like what he was doing. In fact, they falsely accused him, and they brought him before the Jewish leaders. And it says in Acts 7 that the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen, and they shook their fists at him in rage. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And with that, he died. The very next verse in Acts chapter 8, we see a chain reaction that begins to to move and, and build. A great wave, it says, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in where? Jerusalem. Huh, Jerusalem. And all the believers, except the apostles, all the believers were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Huh. That's that's exactly the place that Jesus was talking about in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The church was changed and would never go back to the way it was. And now they're being scattered throughout Judea and Samaria, just like Jesus wanted. In Greek, it's really interesting, this word scattered refers to the scattering in order to be planted somewhere else. You kind of get the image of a dandelion where you pick it out of your grass and you blow it and all those little white things just go out everywhere to be planted somewhere else and make weeds in your yard. I think that's exactly what Jesus did to the church in the book of Acts. In fact, we read in Acts chapter 8, verse 4, the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Now, perhaps the church would have reached out beyond Jerusalem at some point. But I think that Jesus took the decision out of their hands. See, Jesus moves his followers into the mission he has given them. The church couldn't reach the world as long as they stayed in one place, as long as they kept doing what they were already doing. And now they're beginning to reach more people than they could ever have reached by doing what they've never done before. I love how the message paraphrase puts verse 4, Acts chapter 8. Look what it says. Forced to leave home base, the believers all became, look at that, missionaries 
Wherever they were scattered, they shared the message about Jesus. I think that's what Jesus is doing right now. I mean, through this situation, through the the quarantine, through the stay-at-home order, I think Jesus is pushing his followers, pushing his church into his mission. Jesus is using current circumstances to force us to rethink how we do what we do, to cause us to redefine what church is all about. I think Jesus is making us change the way we do things on purpose. Now, honestly, for many years, I've thought that change was coming to the church. I just didn't expect it to come overnight. Even though we're only a few weeks into this stay-at-home order, I'm beginning to see some things come to the surface about the church, which grabs my attention. I think we're being forced to realize that church isn't a place or an event. We are the church. We are the church. Church isn't a building. It's not a a gathering on weekends. It's us. It's people. We are the church. I think that we are being forced to realize that church doesn't just happen on Sundays. I mean, I love Sundays. I love being together on Sundays with you. I, I can't wait for worship together. When we come together to worship with friends and family here at Pathway Church, I, I look forward to it every week. But what I'm seeing through all of this is that Sundays aren't the most important thing about the church. There's, a, there's an everydayness to the church that is supposed to be Kerry Newhoff, a guy that I follow, he says Sunday-focused churches need to become everyday-focused churches. Just like the early church in the New Testament. We are the church every day. Every day. Because churches are unable to meet together in facilities now. Leaders have been pushed to show, show up in so many different ways. We have to show up on social media in ways that we never have before. It's a huge change in the way that things are being done. At least I know it is for me. I mean, it's a lot different than a weekly text and a, and a few Instagram posts. If people live every day in need of help and resources to live as Jesus followers, then churches need to be alongside them every day. And that's not going to go away when we come back to normal. Churches need to be everyday focused because people follow Jesus every day. In our world, the only way that that's going to happen is to use all of the digital resources available to us instead of just using them as a Band-Aid right now in our virus crisis. The church needs to be digital more than ever. These are realizations that are surfacing more only because of what we're facing. And that's why I think Jesus is using this crisis to change us. I mean, all of us know for the most part, we only change when we have to, right? I mean, very few people accept change quickly, willingly. <laughs> I mean, more than likely, we embrace change or at least we, we you know, tolerate it when we're forced to. 
And crisis is an accelerator for change, probably more than anything else in our lives. Nobody knows that better than you and me right now in the midst of what we're going through with this virus crisis. Crisis forces you to do things you've never done before, stand in line for groceries like this. Crisis moves us to do things we never thought that you'd have to do, to stock up on toilet paper. (laughs) Crisis pushes you into the change that you never signed up for. And what makes it even more complicated is as much as we want things to just go back to normal, when we come back to normal, I'm not sure normal is going to be the way it was. I think there's going to be a new normal, at least in churches. See, if you're a follower of Jesus, all of this applies to you, to me. How is Jesus using this crisis to get me where I need to be? We've got to ask ourselves that. We have to think about that. What is Jesus wanting to do in my life through this crisis? Some of, some of us, we're, we're off course. We're, we're not where we should be. We're, we're not where Jesus wants us to be. We probably already know that. We're aware of that. Jesus will always use something or someone to get us back on track with the mission that he has for our lives. See, remember, don't ever forget that Jesus isn't concerned about what he can do for you as much as what he can do through you. That's his goal. That's his purpose. So what is Jesus saying to you right now? In the midst of this crisis, what what does Jesus want to do through you in the midst of this crisis? Maybe there's somebody who needs your help right now. Maybe there's somebody that you know that needs you to share with them right now. Maybe there's someone you know that needs to hear about Jesus right now. It's because of them. Jesus is pushing you to change. Right now. Because You're not where you need to be. There may be someone who is missing out on what Jesus can do in their life. Right now, because you're not where you need to be, you're not being used by Jesus in their life in the way that Jesus wants to use you. It's my hope that Jesus will use what we've talked about today to help you get to where you need to be. Where you need to be in his plan, in his purpose what he wants to do through you. I wonder, I wonder, what can Jesus do through you if you're willing to change? What can Jesus do through you, through me, if we're willing to change? Are you open to what Jesus wants to do next in your life? Are you open to what Jesus wants to do in your life right now in the middle of this crisis. Friend, Jesus is working through this crisis. Let him change you.